0: My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. Last week we talked about Christ's identity as it relates to resurrection power, and it launched us into a short discussion on our own identity that I would like to continue this week. And normally each episode stands on its own, and this one is no different, but if you have the time, it might be good to listen to last week's episode as well, as I can't help but write from that place of knowledge that I gained through my study last week. This week, I am thrilled to use Lauren Daigle's new song, You Say, to launch us into scripture. And as we get started, let's listen. To continue the discussion on identity this week because it is so crucial to get it right. And I love Lauren's song and the proclamation that I will believe what God says of me. And there's another lyric in the song that says, The only thing that matters now is everything you think of me. In you I find my worth. In you I find my identity. Now this is one of those times when it's going to be really important and really powerful to understand the scriptural truths behind these lyrics. Partly because if you just use this song as a declaration song without truly understanding and declaring the underlying truths, you may actually get off track. And I mentioned last week that God wants you to allow Him to define you. He is our creator. I love the verse in Romans 9 verse 20. It says, But who are you, a human being, to talk back to God? Shall what is formed say to the one who formed it, Why did you make me like this? And as humans, we look to a lot of different things for validation. We expect the culmination of our interests and values and what we do and what we love and who we love and how we see ourselves to define us. And that's where we get our identity, right? No. But in the beginning, God formed us from the dust of the earth and breathed his very breath into us. He made us in his image and we are his. And when we take on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, as Christians through faith in that son, we take on his identity and then everything we are and everything we have is his It's true. Our identity is how we present ourselves to the world. So if we get it right, we will be presenting Christ to the world. And when I think back to those first humans, Adam and Eve, it didn't matter that they had it all. They had a walking in the garden in the cool of the day relationship with the Father. They had a lush garden full of everything they needed. They had each other. But the enemy weaseled his way in and convinced them that they needed to be more. He convinced them they needed what he wanted, which was to be like God. And their identity that God gave them wasn't good enough. And we do the same. We always want more. So let's use our song as inspiration to discover just a handful of places in Scripture we can learn about who we are, who we are created to be, and then stand in faith and belief and trust in our Creator. So the first phrase says, You say of the chorus of our song, You say I am loved when I can't feel a thing. Now let's pick up where we left off last week because God doesn't just say I love you, He proves it through His Son. And in Ephesians chapter 2, we are reminded that because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. Now we're going to use several scriptures this week. So the best Bible interaction tool exercise that I can recommend, and I call these exercises bites, uh, is to go back and read and study in context. And what I mean by that is, and you can use this bite every week by like when you're at church, you can jot down the scriptures used in your pastor's sermon and then go back to the chapter Uh, where he was reading and read the entire section where that focus verse is located, for example. That would be um, the small context around that scripture. Even better, read the section before and the section after where the focus verse is. Most Bibles have like section headings or take the challenge to read the chapter before through to the chapter after where the focus verse is located to get even greater scriptural context of what you are reading. Uh, I guess you could equate this uh, exercise, for example... To going back to watching um, a, a complete scene in an episode of a TV series, for example, you're watching a TV series, you kind of get lost where to, you can't figure out where you are, or somebody interrupted you, and so you go back and you rewatch that one scene. Versus watching the entire episode, right? So, okay, I've got this scene in mind, but I can't remember how it fits into the whole episode. Versus watching one or more episodes leading up to that episode, right? So, where were we going with this story? Even better, watching the entire season. And I think you'll agree, watching a scene scene of an episode that you've never watched before is silly. (laughs) So, if you're new to God's Word... Use these references as catalysts to jump into God's word and read whole books of the Bible that way, or at least whole chapters to get your bearings as to what's going on in scripture or what the author of the book is trying to convey to the audience. So if I go ahead and explore the scene around these verses, let's go back to Ephesians chapter two, uh, it tells us of God's great love, right? But you'll see the word But it says, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. Why the but? Well, when I look at the verse leading up to this statement of love, I see that by nature we are sinners and deserving of wrath. But despite that, God makes us alive through his saving grace if we'll receive it. And you can read all about the identity we have on our own without Christ. It's not pretty. (laughs) But like our song says, I am loved when I can't feel a thing. Well, no, you can't feel a thing. You're dead until God makes you alive with Christ. And it's at that point that God declares his love for us. Ponder that for a little bit. This is the perfect week to use the bite of meditation. And when I say meditation I mean merely pondering and considering something, letting it roll around in your head a bit. Perhaps you can add the bite of asking questions, some really good questions to ask. If you never know if you don't know which ones to start with, are these What do I learn about God in this scripture? What do I learn about people in this scripture? And what do we learn about relating to God? Like, what do I do with that? So just in these two verses, not to mention the others that you're going to be reading in context, I can learn that God, number one, has great love for me. Number two is rich in mercy. I'm in need of mercy a lot of times. How about you? He made us alive in Christ and he saves us by grace. And so those are four things that I can just learn. Uh, There's more, but those are four simple things I learned just by reading in these verses. Well, what do I learn about people? Well, we were by nature deserving of wrath and were dead in transgressions before Christ. And so what do I learn about relating to God? And to help with this question, because that kind of what does that mean, Michelle, is you you might want to consider what you might praise him or thank him for. Like, OK, now that I learned this about God and learn about, learn this about people, what do I do with it? Well, I could praise him or thank him for some of the things I've learned about him. I might look for sin to confess or repent, or I might look for promises and truths to believe. So, on the surface, without much thought, I can thank and praise God for His saving grace, His rich mercy, and His great. Love. I can stand on it and I can believe that it exists and it is for me. And if I'm looking for a sin to confess or repent of, you can start with the big one. You know, if you've never confessed your sins overall, the fact that you are a sinner and repented of that, turned your direction to follow Christ, that repentance that leads to salvation, what are you waiting for? All you have to do is confess, repent, right, and believe. So, of course, you have to only do that once, right, for salvation. So there's a confession and a repentance that leads to salvation. And then there's a life of continuous confession and repentance. Because we will, while we, we confess and repent that of our sin, we, we will continue to, until we see him face-to-face, uh, stumble from time to time. And so we need to have a life that leads to sanctification. That's just a fancy word of saying a continuous purification from sin so we need to confess our sins once for salvation and continuously as we follow him for sanctification so truths are promises to believe well let's stick with the big one that our song sings about God's love for us so we can just stand on that I believe that God I believe in this love that God has declared for me All right, let's take that next phrase in our chorus. It says, "'You say I am strong when I think I am weak.'" Now when I considered these lyrics I immediately thought of a phrase in 2 Corinthians that says when I am weak then I am strong. So if we use that bite of context then we'll head over and read in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 that's where that verse is. Now leading up to where that leading up to that verse Paul is teaching about some fairly confusing things, confusing partly because he he stays really vague about what he's talking about, but one thing that's not vague God gave him a thorn in his flesh. Now, theologians don't really know for sure what the thorn is or was. Perhaps it was a physical or a mental ailment, but whatever it was, Paul considered it a weakness, and it it really bothered him. It says, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Now, when you read this carefully, do you get the impression that God has declared us free from weaknesses? On the contrary, this clearly says that we must endure weakness and much more. But why? because Christ's power is made perfect in our weakness. When Paul says, when I am weak, then I am strong, it's not like a a name it and claim it kind of promise. It's an understanding that our weaknesses push our desire for self-control, push our pride and our conceit out of the way, so that now Christ's power may have room to take up residence. So when God declares us strong, it is because he is strong. But And it's because our identity is in him, it's okay that we are weak. Now, I'm not there yet, but even Paul learned to be content with weakness because it put the strength of Christ on full display. Now, let's consider the next phrase in our song. You say, I am held when I am falling short. Now There are many areas of scripture that refer to God holding us, lifting us up, taking, picking up us up out of the pit, never letting go. Luckily, this is based on the will of God and not our worth. And in Isaiah 41, God is speaking to his chosen people. But since we are also his chosen people, we can trust these characteristics of God uh, that they can be for us as well. So in Isaiah 41, 9, it says, I have chosen you and will not throw you away. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Now let's ask our questions again that we asked earlier as we meditate on these verses. What do I learn about God in this area of Scripture? Well, first, He chose us. He will not throw us away. He is with us. He is our God. He will strengthen us. He will help us and he will hold us up. Now, what do I learn about people in this scripture? Well, he seems to be answering the feelings of the people. So, everything that God is revealing in these scriptures are like a direct response to how we feel sometimes, don't you think? So, because we feel left out, we feel disposable, we feel alone, we feel that God is impersonal, we feel weak, we feel helpless. Or as our song says, that we feel like we're falling short. So what do we learn about relating to God? What might we praise him or thank him for? What sin might we confess or repent of? Or what promise or truth is there to believe? Well, once again, I think our song is on to something. The declaration after the chorus is, I believe what you say of me. And have you caught it yet? Everything that God says of us is directly related to him. And all the self-examination that is so popular in the world today may have some use, but it loses its completeness and significance when you spend more time examining yourself in the dark. The light of Christ is the only thing that will bring clarity to your identity. And there's one final phrase in our chorus that I want to examine. It says, when I don't belong, you say, I am yours. Now let's head over back over to Isaiah. We're going to jump down to chapter 43. And it starts out like this. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Now, I suppose we could stop right there, right? He calls us by name and we are his. Yes, I believe. But we can keep reading because there's so much more here in verse 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. You see, he's saying here because of his identity, because of who he is, we have favor. Let's keep reading. Because you are precious in my eyes and honored and I love you. I give men in return for you, peoples in exchange for your life. He gave his son, right? Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and from the west. I will gather you. I will say to the north, give up and to the south. Do not withhold. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the end of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. So when I feel like I don't belong, I know that I am called by name. And I am his. So now when you sing this song, you're not just saying nice, self-empowering things. You are placing your identity in God's strong and capable and uplifting hands. And I'm, I'm really glad you joined me in this journey today. I want God's word to work in you through your faithful study of it, and then use this song to help you meditate on the truths found there. This is just step one. You need to take some time and spend some time in God's word yourself so that this can really solidify. I think Paul says it best in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. He says, We also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, You accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you, believers. So what's next? Well, we spent time in four areas of scripture today, and you could choose just one area to spend some time in. Or you could choose all four and spend some extra time in that this week. Uh, You could ponder God's love in Ephesians 2. Christ's strength in 2 Corinthians 12, God's victorious right hand holding us in Isaiah 41, or the profound truth that we belong to God in Isaiah 43. Now, don't forget to read in context. Take time to meditate on what you're learning. Always ask questions along the way. It's best to start with, what you learn about God. Ask questions about what you see about God before you move into any other area or any other questions. And then when you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. You can email me, Michelle at MichelleNesat.com, hop on Twitter at Michelle Nizat or Facebook, Michelle L Nizat, and let's talk about what you're learning. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank the Premier Christian Music streaming service, the Overflow.com, for pointing their subscribers to this podcast. But more importantly, pointing them to God's word through music. When you subscribe to their trial, you will receive a 10-day series of devotions I wrote based on some of my most popular podcast episodes. So I encourage you to check them out at theoverflow.com. And I want to thank my newest subscribers to my website, like Janet from Georgia, Kathleen from somewhere in the U.S., Becky from Florida, Bob from Australia, and Amy from Louisiana welcome. Now new subscribers to my website will benefit from a one page resource of my top five bytes that I've used on the podcast. It's a great place to start and subscribers will also benefit from an email that I send once a week and in that email you get a weekly memory verse resource to display on your smartphone, your tablet, your desktop or you can even print it out. You get an email recap of the week's episode and instant access to any of the extra resources that I create for my episodes from time to time. It's just my way of saying Thank you for listening. So head over to com to subscribe today. And then there are so many ways to listen to the podcast. We are now featured on Joy 103.1 every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern and always on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio. And you can also subscribe in iTunes, easy for me to say. And while you're there, please leave me a written review and a star rating. This not only encourages me, but helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here. On the podcast. Just like C. Ferg Mom3, who writes, I just discovered this podcast in the past few weeks. Since I love to worship through listening to songs, this podcast is perfect for me. It takes me to the scriptures that are mentioned in the songs. Very powerful way to study God's word. Love it. Well, thank you so much for your kind review. I really appreciate it. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using Psalm 46 by Shane and Shane to jump into scripture. This was a request from a listener. And if you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellenizat.com forward slash 232. And while you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation.